It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city, and nobody going to dictate our freedom. Stay strong. All right, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I I just had to do like a, a walk of shame from Fenway Park back to my apartment to do this fucking podcast. I, today. Today had so much promise, especially coming off the the Chicago trip, and you know me and Jake are in this crack den, and we get to break the news of Brian Bayo making his major league debut, and all other people got credit for it. We hey, we don't need the credit. Anybody knows we more than what more than almost twenty four hours ahead of it. R- Roughly 24 hours ahead of everyone else who attempted to have the story. Yeah. Put some respect on that, please. Yeah. Listen, we don't need the credit. The like a, a tweet from Pete Abe does more for other people than it does for us. It actually hurts us. It hurts us if Pete Abe is trying to give us a shout out. A hundred percent. And at the end of the day, like 162 guys don't care about credit. No, we don't give a fuck about that. Fuck credit. Fuck your credit, dude. We, we don't just, need it. 
We show up and go to work. That's what we do, baby. Yeah. Jake, throw it up again. Yeah, throw it up one more time, Jake. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're the bad boys of Red Sox media. We don't need credit. We don't need that shit. Last week, we we're in a fucking podcast beef war. This week, we're, we're saying we're throwing up the middle fingers to anyone trying to give us credit for anything. Fuck your credit, dude. Fuck, Fuck with it. us. Yeah. Yeah, we're 162 guys. We're the bad boys. <laughs> but I woke up this morning and I was like, it's fucking Bayo Day, baby. The, the, the air around Fenway, it smelled different today. Had a, had a crispness to it. And I was excited. And I wait all damn day. And uh, I even, like, usually on Wednesdays, I go to the sports hub. And I do the show with Maz in studio. And then the second that I heard, <laughs> the second that I really heard that, that Brian Bayo was making his Major League debut on Wednesday, I applied for the press pass. And then I switched from in studio to remote. I did the show with Maz over Zoom today so that the second, the second that the show was over, I fucking sprinted to Fenway and I got there in time for first pitch. I got there in time for to watch him warm up. He, he didn't even take the mound yet. By the time I got to Fenway, I planned my whole day around Brian Bayo's Major League debut. So you can only imagine the disappointment that I felt when, uh, you know, gives up a quick run in the first and now it's... Uh, uh, four. In I was I was almost close to my prediction. What did I say? Four. I said four innings, six hits. I said two earned runs. He gave up four. And then yeah. I, think I said like five strikeouts. He had two. Mine was a little closer, but yeah, you, you, you were pretty close. Uh, something something like the line today. I definitely didn't say five shutout innings with eight strikeouts. I know I didn't say that. Is that what you said? <laughs> Unfortunately, that is what I said. Mm. So I'm a I'm a clown. Please clown on me. Um, I don't think you're a clown. By the no. way, a lot of people came to your defense uh, after. After uh, the last episode, when people were like, hand up, like, I, I, I'm with Tyler. I didn't know what they were saying either. Yeah. Some of us are deficient mentally, for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Dumb, dumb people. Uh, I wouldn't call them dumb. I would just say, you know, it, it's hard. Communication's not an easy thing in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I picked up on it. I'm happy I got to react to it live. So it was still, hey, still ahead of everybody. But uh, yeah, as bad as my prediction was on it, I, I think just as bad are the people who are sitting here acting like Brian Bayo. Is, you know, some buster insert him into the line of pitchers we've seen for, you know, the last 10 ish years uh, that have fallen into that hole, whether you want to say Henry Owens, whoever it may be, uh, that never reached their potential. I think you saw a kid today that was a lot similar to Josh Winkowski, obviously ramped up uh, command. It's a little different in uh, Bayo's case. We know he's walked close to four per nine in triple A this year, uh, so it's going to be a little faulty at times, but. He seemed ramped up and we knew he pitches fast. We know how the minor league clock works in AAA. He was working too fast. Uh, and the Rays put out a super lefty lineup. Couldn't really lean on his slider too much. He wasn't super confident in it. So he basically became a two-pitch guy. And they were sitting fastball change up and, you know, got some swings and misses. I think it was six overall. You wish you see a little bit more. But, you know, when you're sitting on two pitches, it's pretty easy to guess where you're going. Uh, 10 of 21 first pitch strikes. Um, 45 out of 79 pitches were strikes. 
I think it's it, this is a case of, I mean, I said this before the game. If it goes south and the results are similar to what we actually got, people are going to like, I just, I hate the knee jerk reaction people when this is a special talent and uh, it's his big league debut. Some guys get a little amped up for that and it, it shows in, in the results. Like, am I going to like, you cannot, you cannot predict the career trajectory of a top prospect based on their major league debut. Like let like 99.9% of the people that are listening to this podcast right now this this rant is not for them, but I did see some of that on Twitter after he came out of the game. Like I was told that this is fucking Pedro Martinez oh, reincarnated. Shut I was up. Told this is Pedro this ain't Pedro. I remember Pedro, and this ain't him. It's like, it's a, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Oh, sorry, he's not the most nastiest pitcher in his prime of all time. The kid is 23 <laughs> years old. Like, this shit blows my mind, and it's the people who don't care to pay attention to minor league baseball. They don't. And hey, no, you don't have to. Nobody's saying that. But don't sit there and make a judgment on a kid when people are looking at Brian Bayo and saying, wow, no, this kid... Not only does he profile as a starter in the big leagues, he looks like a top of the rotation guy. And oh, just because you have a bad debut, Jared, you can speak to this. John Lester's, you know, debut when he came up wasn't the best thing ever. Uh, you know, it was very average, very average outing, kind of similar to Bayo. And did you just ways. call me old? Uh, yes, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> older than me. It was in like June 2006 because I remember I was in Disney for john lester's debut but i think i watched it at like espn zone yeah I, I can't remember exactly what the line but it was something like four and a third and three runs or something like that justin verlander got it taken to him in his debut chris sale out of the bullpen got it taken to him in his debut like he's young he's throwing about 50 innings at triple a and let me tell you right now go down the list of red sox starters here that they've called up to fill holes oh they went to josh Winkowski. They went to Cutter Crawford. They went to Connor Siebold. You know why? Because he's still developing. And they know he's still developing and taking that time at AAA. And hey, what happened? They legit are so many pitchers deep right now in their rotation. They don't have Nate Evaldi. Chris Sale still isn't here. Rich Hill's knee you know, is injured. And now Walker with his problems. It's like, you go this far down the depth chart. Yeah, we're excited to see Brian Bayo because he is now seen as a top three prospect in the Red Sox system. But should you be surprised by the results today? No, because he's still, there's still development going on. He's not a big league starter. And I think if anything, if everything went well today, you're talking about maybe him filling a bullpen role of some sort in a month or, you know, in a month as his innings go up. But relax. I think any serious judgments off today, you're just, you're looking for something when there's nothing there. Yeah. Those people are either just really dumb or looking for a reaction. It's, it's his major league debut. He wasn't supposed to be here yet anyway. Uh, a lot had to come undone <laughs> before we got to Brian Bayo on July 6, 2022. Um, actually, I, uh, I was at lunch today and I saw Michael Walker. Oh, yeah. Walked did in. you guys uh, talk at all? Yeah, we did. Yeah, came up to my table and we were like, what's up, dude? I was with uh, I was with Andrew from um, Gone Bridge Red Sox podcast. Mm-hmm. 
and Michael Walker walks in and I'm like, that's Michael Walker. And he came up and I was like, how are you feeling, man? He's like, good, good, good. I was like, when are you going to be back soon? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think Cora said Friday, right? That looks like the idea. Obviously, they'll see where they're at. But uh, he played catch, I think, yesterday or whatever it was. And they said his arm looked a lot better. So, you know, with Michael Walker, they're going to be careful. They're, they're going to make sure with these guys, especially someone with his injury history. But, you know, getting Walker back into this rotation, obviously, Chris Sale's start, some positives, some negatives today down in AAA. Um, but I think really where the Red Sox are right now, it feels like a team that needs some reinforcements. They're kind of finally feeling the loss of Garrett Whitlock for a month, the loss of Nate Evaldi for a month, Kike Hernandez. Like, eventually, those things are going to hit you. And I think when you're going up against Ailey's foes, we're talking about the best teams in the American League. That's when it's going to show up the most. There's just and we're not, seeing it. Yeah, there's not a lot of room for error here. No, and that's that's the that's the problem with doing a show after it hits you different being there. Do you ever get that feeling where like if I watch this game on TV, I think I'd be able to shake it much easier. But like it's almost when you take the time to go and you pay for a ticket and you pay for like uh, the concessions and then you go to the game and then they lose. You almost take it as like a personal offense. Yeah. When I went to the White Sox game when they were in Fenway and that was one of the low points of the season, Matt Barnes going back out there, another blown game, whatever it was. Um, I remember I left that game and I was it's probably the most down I was at any point this season. And I, I went on a whole Twitter rant after talking about my concerns and, you know, things that should have been addressed during the offseason that weren't attacked correctly, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I look at the first game. You got something great. Austin Davis giving you two uh, once again. And I, I don't understand what Austin Davis has done. To not be able to pitch in closer situations or really just opening and blowouts. Uh, I know he's versatile, but really, I'm watching Hirokazu Sawamura out there just forget how to throw strikes. And we're did you just- see? Did you see Red Sox stats tweeted his like uh, his spray chart? No, I did not see that. Oh, it is. Uh, it belongs in a museum for one of the shittiest. It's just uh, zero accuracy it's it's a it's a look at this yeah i wish i could rip my eyes out it was 37 pitches 15 strikes for for the people who are listening that's how bad it was you have to try to be that bad yeah uh, you really do and i i think that's just where you are it's like this is better than austin davis really how does he have a sub three it's incredible. And the FIP's not even that far off, which is pretty crazy. He's pitched better since he came up uh, after he was optioned. I'll give him credit, but sure, wh- whatever that was today, it was the issue Sawamura's had at times where he just can't throw strikes, and that's what got him optioned originally. It's like, all right, well, you're walking down the path Hansel Robles went down, and we'll get to that, but that's yeah, you know, we'll get to that. not a good place to be. I'm sad. I'm sad about that. I, you know, I think people... I'd forever be grateful to Hansel Robles because you don't make the playoffs last year without him. Correct. Uh, and people want to act like you know, Maz tweeted out his ERA. I think it was like if you combine this year and then uh, last year, obviously, it was like something like a four four nine, something close to that when he had a three ERA last year here, mid threes. Um, you know, you can fudge the numbers to look whatever you look like. People say the nerds do that all the time. Sure, <laughs> they do. The nerds actually try to tell you the truth behind the numbers. I actually I gave you a shout out on the show tonight. 
Did you really? Yeah, because Maz you. was talking about um I forget what the context was, but he was he was like I think we were talking about like like Bayo and how uh he's like, you know, like the not everyone knows this guy. Like, have you actually watched him pitch? And like the like the real nerds that, that know a thing or two about like the minor leaguers. And I was like, say his name. It's Tyler Milliken. Say his name. Thank He's you. Like, all right. All right. So Milliken. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's one of those things. You can frame it whatever you want about Hanzo Robles. Zero ERA in September. And who the fuck closed those first two games of those nationals of that national series when you had to win that every game in that series? Obviously, Nick Pavetta finished it off. Hansel Robles. He stepped up and did that for you. He was the guy. I think it was 13 and two-thirds, inning scoreless. Held batters to like a 111 batting average. And he was great through his first eight appearances this year. He didn't give up a damn run. That thinking about that Nat series gives me PTSD, man. Stressful. I've, oh, on my deathbed. I was, uh, I was in a hotel in White Plains, New York, watching that series. And uh, whew, it, was, it was a weekend. It was. And you know, hold on to your butts, full mode there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Robles was the guy who stepped up in that bullpen when Matt Barnes died. You know, Garrett Whitlock died at that time, got hurt. Mm-hmm. People forget that. Peck strain. Adam Ottavino, really not usable at that point. It was two guys. It was Hansel Robles and Ryan Brazier. Those were the guys who stepped up for you. Uh, so I, I'll pay my respect to Hanzo Robles uh, permanently for that. It's sad what happened this year, but it's kind of the path of a lot of relievers. You, you know, you're up and down. You go through a stretch now where you can't throw strikes. Uh, you're giving up jacks and you can't be trusted in high leverage. Well, yeah, you get booted out because Cutter Crawford in game one dominated. And mm-hmm. now it's like, well, he's not going to probably start for you, but can he go back into the bullpen? I'd like to see it. Yeah, Cutter Crawford's a guy that I definitely want to to hang around. Like Bayo, Bayo is just going to get flip flop with Sale. Like I don't know. I mean, like how many pitches did Sale th- throw tonight? Sixty five was the, like, yeah. the target. He got right around to sixty five, and you know they wanted him to go like five ish innings. But from what Spear put out today, the scout there said the stuff is good. It's better than it was last year. Five uh, walks. That's the concerning part. Uh, and one of them was like. Uh, you know, he walked the ninth hitter with the bases loaded. But from what people were saying down there, it was more of a mechanical issue where he was on the mound, kind of his placement. Uh, he says he can get that fixed with a couple bullpens. But would I be surprised if Cora tells him, hey, you need to do another start down there? No. But at the same time, listen, Could his who's- next start be at the big league level. That's possible. And how can you really afford with the way this team's playing right now? You know, considering you've lost six of nine, can you really punt on any games? Take that chance. I don't want to take that chance. I don't. I'd rather take Chris Sale at 70% or whatever it is and hope for the best. So his his spot would come up that first game after the Yankee series. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's I see it from both sides. Um, at 65 pitches, would you like Chris Sale to get one more start down in AAA? Maybe. And when we start to break down this Yankee series that starts on Thursday, goes through Sunday, a four gamer. Uh, it's not like he's going to have an impact on that series anyway. But what if what if the Yankees come to town and just beat your fucking ass? 
you're in a situation where at that point you probably have fallen out of a playoff spot. Uh, you know, they come and say they take three out of four, or they just sweep you. You're going to be in a really bad place. Like, yeah. You know, we're going to be talking about that'd be four straight series dropped two against or three of those are the Blue Jays, the Rays and the Yankees, really the teams you're looking at and trying to compete against. And right. then you'd be 0 for 9 in series against the AL East. That's why that's why tonight was such a big fucking game. And I tried to make that point of like, hey, listen, we're all excited for Bayo's debut, but let's not forget, you took the first game of the series, you lost the second one. This is like a big statement game, or at least at least a buffer, at least like a little bit of protection here to say, hey, we uh, we started this homestand, this all AL East team run, and we started it with a series win against a, a pretty damn good team in the Tampa Bay Rays. You send Bayo out there, and you know it's. I'm not blaming this. The fucking offense was terrible. Um, not blaming this game on Bayo, but you send him out there. He's amped up. He's he's all all over the place. Um, you let Tampa score in the first, and then they just never really look back. It's not it's not on Bayo. It's I mean the Red Sox offense did dick. Uh, that, that Franchi drop ball at first base, not a great look. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 I tried to emphasize how important the series finale against Tampa was, because you can't keep losing over and over and over and over again against AL East teams. And and again, we're not going for the division here. Like, congratulations to the 2022 American League East Division champion, New York Yankees. Like that's it is what it is. They're just on another fucking planet this year. Uh, if if you want to catch the team that's first place in your division, you have to start thinking about breaking the single season <laughs> wins record all time by a major league baseball team. So that's when you can kind of just crown their ass and it is what it is. But you're playing uh, a season where this is the first year where there's a third wildcard team and the Red Sox are certainly good enough to win not just a wildcard spot, they're good enough to be the top wildcard team in the American League. I believe that. That's not just gassing up my favorite team. The Red Sox are good enough to be the top wildcard in the American League. Yes. Fact. Uh, whether or not they'll be that, it, it, it all comes down to these, these AL East matchups. And you just had one against Tampa. You had a chance to win that series. And your performance was kind of piss poor. And I feel like we've been seeing a lot of piss poor games over the last week or so. Uh, a lot of games where you're looking at um, defense, base running, situational hitting, not just like, uh, you know, out there socking homers um, like the other night when you had, you know, you fall behind three nothing and then you have Xander Bogarts. Uh, hit a two-run bomb, and you have Trevor Story tie it up. You let that game get away from you. But and then in the bottom of the fifth, before you give it up, and that game goes to the Smithereens, second and third, no outs. You don't get a run. Holy fuck! Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, that's the kind of situation. And when they didn't score, everybody knew. Everybody knew what was going to happen in the top of the six. You you just don't take advantage. And I think the situational hitting, it's like. That's what screams April to me, and it freaks me out. 
if you looked heading into tonight, the last eight games, so that covers you know the last couple series and the first two of this one, they are 14 for 81 with runners in scoring position. That's a 173 batting average. It's just not going to do it. Uh, and I think that's where you start to really get nervous because, yeah, you look at the first game, awesome, right? They won 4 nothing. You got gifted two of those runs. The two Rays were shut out. Yeah, the Rays were a disaster defensively in that game. Uh, you know, just bobbling baseballs, Fleming, you know, Verdugo hits a little tapper in front of the plate, just rolls right by him. That was about your pitching. That won you that game. Game two, yeah, you hit a couple homers and then you did nothing afterwards. And it even ended that way in the ninth. You strand the bases loaded. Uh, and then today, it's just more of the same. So it, it, what's scary is these are in these division games. You need those big guys to step up. You need players to come through. Um, and you didn't have Rafael Devers for two of these games. Rafael Devers, the guy who has the highest war amongst all players in the American League, higher than Aaron Judge, who's at 3.9. Devers is at 4.1. I do think that's something that gets a little overlooked here and will get overlooked in the conversation. Um, but I need to see some fight. And it felt like this team went into today and they kind of just basically like they knew their fate. You know, we don't win division series. And it felt like this game was over by the time it was, what, 3 nothing or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it felt like they were in trouble at one nothing, really. And it was from a a momentum standpoint. But... Um, when we started this podcast, Aaron Judge hit a grand slam, and then in the last segment, uh, Aaron Hicks hit a grand slam, and then John Carlos Stanton hit a home run. Can I tell you some bad news? What's that? So we have eighty games remaining this season. Uh huh. It's sixteen to nothing, Yankees. By the way, yeah, terrible. Uh, twenty percent of the remaining schedule for the Red Sox is against the Yankees. That's six, sixteen out of eighty saying, games. Wait, twenty percent of the remaining schedule is against the Yankees. Correct. Well, good thing they suck. Yeah, that makes me want to die. Uh, I, I, I heard that, and I've been a little, uh, a little uncomfortable ever since. But it, yeah, sixteen out of eighty, and that doesn't include every other division team you're going to have to run into. Over the next couple months, man, I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't either. I'm not saying the Red Sox won't make the playoffs or anything like that, but I'm just saying like June was fun. That might be the most fun that we have all year. It, uh, th- I think the next couple months are going to be hell. Like, I, I'm not telling you, <laughs> like, I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think they're going to fall out of a playoff spot. I think if you look at it, the Red Sox are still technically four games up on the Guardians. So, like, they'd have to win four in a row if you got swept here by New York. But, you know, you have some breathing room if you fall down to that third wild card spot. You don't want to, but it's that thin. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, two of the guys who started in this series won't start if everyone gets healthy in the next couple weeks. Yeah. That, if you're, all right. Let's, let's take a positive spin here. That's a great point. Uh, the Red Sox are getting healthy. The Red Sox are getting players back. The Red Sox are getting Josh Taylor back, who I believe struck out the side tonight. Yes, which is huge because he has not looked very good before tonight. Yep. Actually, uh, his uh, wife or girlfriend, I think it might be wife, she favorited one of my tweets because I was defending him because I, I tweeted something to the effect of... Uh, um, it was... What day is today? Wednesday? I think it was Sunday, maybe? When uh, I was watching the Woo Sox, they were on Nesson, 
And I was like, well, the Red Sox have fucking Big Fudge and Deekman and Strom. And then you have Josh Taylor coming back. And I was like, I just watched Jarwins and Hernandez strike out the side here. And then someone was like, Josh Taylor sucks. Like he's been terrible, like in his rehab. And I was like, that dude has not pitched in eight months. And he's known as a velocity kind of builder guy where he'll start the year and the stuff kind of plays up as he goes along. And he's coming off a back thing. So that that's a little bit of it as well. This is his spring training. And that's yeah. kind of the way I approach the Chris Sale stuff today, too, uh, where, yeah, you know, usually you have a funky start like that where you're trying Whoa. to get your mechanics together. You don't like hard. that word, Jared? It's a hard S- F. Sorry, I didn't mean to use it. Um, but Darwin's in Hernandez. Yes, positive sign considering how much time he's missed this year that he struck out the side. Um, I do think the Red Sox were in a little bit of a weird spot with that lefty uh, conversation. You're not going to have four lefties in your bullpen. Uh, so would I hate if they took one of them and they flipped him for a right handed reliever? No, I wouldn't. Um, Who are you getting rid of? Fuck, Mary kill. Uh, Big Fudge, Jake Diekman, Matt Strom. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to kill Jake Diekman about a thousand times. Okay. Um, I will marry Matt Strom because he seems like a nice guy and he collects baseball cards and I want him to stick around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd fuck the shit out of Austin Davis because I just I think he's underappreciated and he deserves more. He really is. He's super underappreciated. I'm a big Austin Davis fan. Um, But I don't know. I mean, like, does Darwin's and Hernandez fit into this bullpen equation? I mean, you know, you're going to get Josh Taylor back at some point. Are you going to are you going to carry four lefties in your bullpen? Probably not. That's where if I'm the Red Sox, I'm looking at it. You got to deal a couple of these guys package it together, whatever you need to do. Maybe that's why they've been a little weird with Austin Davis. Um, he's a guy I'd like to see stick around, but nobody's touching Jake Diekman and you paid him to be here next year as well. So like, are, are you going to just admit that was a mistake? That was a two-year deal? It was a two-year deal, right? Wasn't I believe it was a two-year deal. I could be oh, wrong fuck. on that. I believe it is a two-year deal though. Let's find out right now. I, I, was, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe it was one with an option. <coughs> Hopefully. Um, oh, it was two years, eight million. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. Plus, plus a club option for twenty four. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I have a hard time believing they're just going to cut bait there. Um, he would be the guy I'd let go if I could choose, but you're definitely not Strom staying. And Davis, I think his versatility, opening multiple innings when you need it. He's taken another step forward this I, year. I don't have the same disdain for Jake Diekman as as a lot. Of, I mean. There's traffic. No, no doubt. There's traffic. The whip is 1.45. But that's kind of like around his career. Like he's actually like a little bit better than his career numbers. Like his ERA this season is 273. The whip is 145. The career whip is 138. The career ERA is 360. He's almost a full run better than his career ERA. It's not like we didn't know what we got, were signing up for with Jake Diekman. I think it's just the like the walks. The yeah. fucking walks are brutal. And that that's where I get a little nervous. Like it's a guy who's had a three five fit for his career. It's five ten this year. Uh and he's averaged five point one walks per nine for his career. It's seven point two this year. Yeah. Seven point so, two walks per nine is pretty bad. Yeah, that that's where I think he's one of those guys a little similar to Sawamura last year where the ERA looked a lot better than all the metrics kind of told you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I just think the issue with Deekman is when we came into this year, we thought he was going to be like an eighth inning option, like someone you could trust in some eighth innings. Right now, it feels like you don't even really you feel nervous if he's pitching the seventh inning. Uh, I just don't think he's reached the status you thought. Matt Strom has really taken the role many thought Jake Deekman would have. I um, agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, like, it, am I crying that he's in your bullpen? No. But is Josh Taylor a better reliever than Jake Diekman at this point? I'd probably think so. Once he's fully back. The Yankee fan just tweeted me and said, you're going to have a rough weekend. <laughs> and I, I like, I, I don't think I'm going to have a rough weekend. I think I'm going to have a frustrating weekend. So we're, we're looking, you know, not to get too far, but Josh Winkowski will get a start. And it uh, looks like Cutter Crawford's going to get a start. Mm-hmm. Some that's interesting. I don't know. I, I just am very I, I don't want to let the negativity surround me right now, but I think that's just what this series felt like. You won a game, but it doesn't even feel like you won a game. Let's stay positive. Tell me something to be positive about, Jared. Uh, let's just let's just think positive, I guess. I don't know if I have anything positive to tell you at the moment. Um, I mean. The Tampa series started with so much promise. You know, two hits shutout. You love to see that. Um, you know, on the stop and chop look ahead that we'll get to later. I mean, you get to start off against their worst starter, Gary Cole. That if something can spark them, Ralphie Devers coming back into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Can we have a little repeat, not of all of opening day, but the first inning of opening day? Can I get a Devers nuke mm. in that first inning, please? Xander. That would be beautiful. Let's run the wild card back. Um, Julio, and you know, too. Didn't Julio in that game? That I think Garrett Cole's first start after his first start at Fenway after they got rid of the sticky shit. Uh, didn't Julio get him? I think so. That sounds right. Um, yeah. Bring that bitch ass over here. Please. Um, sad we don't have Kyle Schwarber still here uh, to take yeah. owner. Or ownership, but uh, props mm-hmm. to him. I love what he's doing over with the Phillies. Uh, four home runs in his last two games. Absolute freak. Just basically repeating what we saw a year ago. Uh, would be nice if he was still here, but not everything works out in that favor. Right. Um, on that conversation, J.D. Martinez. Seems like some people are starting to worry that we're seeing a similar trend to what we saw last year, uh, where, you know, pretty strong start to the season. It came, you know, April in 2021. It was really a lot of May where J.D. kind of went off, but the power hasn't been there. Are you worried? You worry about Julio? No, I'm not worried about him. Um, I think it's more of a like, all right, dude, like, let's get it going now. Like, I think it was maybe two weeks ago that he had like a like it was like a one for 19 skit or something like that. And when you see that, you're like, all right, yeah, like whatever. Like every great hitter is going to go through a rut where they're one for 19 over the course of a 162 game season. Um, and the best guys are going to are going to figure it out. And they're going to figure it out quick. And JD looks at so much fucking video and he's always working on his mechanics and his swing and, and he's just obsessed with hitting. So am I surprised that he hasn't figured it out by now? Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, let's be real. June really wasn't, you know, it was a pretty rough month overall for him. Yeah, no. And, and now he's, uh, there was one point where he was flirting with hitting 370 
And now he's down to 311 with an 867 OPS. But I think that just speaks to the the hot start that he could have a shit month and and change. And he's still hitting 311 with an 867 OPS. So that's why they call it an average. Because what he was doing over the course of those series where he was like literally hitting close to 500 for a two-week stretch, like that's not sustainable. Um, but that's why they call it an average because then you come crashing back down to earth and hopefully find yourself in, in the middle somewhere. But not worried about JD. Um, I think the only thing in that conversation, I'm not worried about JD the hitter either. It's just getting more consistent power out of him and Bogarts who are yeah. having kind of down years in that department. And I did think it was interesting. Alex Cora had some quotes today before the game where he said, yeah, you know, it's not something I'm worried about yet, but we're talking about kind of how we're approaching things and you know, attacking balls that we think we can drive more often. Um, so I, I'm hoping to see a little bit more Bogarts on one leg going deep in his first game back. That was a pretty fun moment before everything went sideways. Uh, I thought that was a good sign. But ultimately, I, I think this offense, we know what they are. They're one of the better offenses in baseball. And we saw in the month of June, you were fortunate to have a lot of the other guys step up, whether it was Alex Verdugo, who was probably the best hitter on the team that month, uh, you know, Jaron Duran. Rob Ref Snyder at one point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different guys kind of just playing their part and contributing. Christian Vasquez, of course. I feel like that big three of JD, Bogarts, Endeavors, and obviously you didn't have Devers for two games, Bogarts for one in this series. I need an all time weekend from them coming up, or really the next couple weeks. Because uh, I feel like that's the only thing that's going to kind of help them tread water. I don't think this time right now, really leading up to the All Star break, some people think it defines your whole year. I'm not going to go that far, especially when you're not fully healthy. Um, but I think you're going to need them if you want to tread water. Yeah. I'm just whew, trying to stay positive. Just trying to stay positive um, when it would have been nice. If you're going to lose a series, it would have been nice to like do it backwards there. Like, all right, the 8-4... The 8-4 loss you can swallow because they brought the tying run to the plate in the bottom of the ninth, and it was the exact guy that you wanted up there, Trevor Story. The guy has been driving in a ton of runs for you this year. The Grand Slam King, you lost. Okay, fine. Then if it was game two, and it's like, all right, well, it's Brian Bayo and it's his Major League debut, and you know, all right, the offense wasn't great. The offense didn't get the job done. Um but it was his big league debut, and you could tell that that had an effect on his ability to 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 pitch within the strike zone. Okay, I can I can take that. But how do we finish the series? Oh well, we said fuck you, two hit shutout, boom, Sox win, and you can go into the four game series against the New York Yankees feeling good. But that's not what happened, is it? It's not. No. You know, all this, all this, like, I don't want to call it negativity, but all this, like, lack of positivity. I, the whole time I'm thinking, like, what does Jake think about this? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm looking ahead to the Yankees series. And I, now, now that I've taken a little while to look at it, I actually really like the pitching matchups. Mm. So if I know we're going to save it for the stop and shop look ahead, but. If the offense shows up in the series, I mean, I think people probably know what my prediction is going to be, but <laughs> I'm, I'm liking I'm liking what we're seeing in this series. 
<laughs> Everyone else is freaking out. They're like, fuck, man. We just lost a series to the Rays. We get the Yankees coming to town. They're coming off a 16 to nothing ass beating of the Pirates. And Jake is licking his chops and like, bring that pinstripe ass to me. Oh, listen, man. no fear. As bad as things are right now, and I, <laughs> I understand. Don't fear them. Hey, I don't fear them. No, fuck no, we don't fear them. Uh, But look around. The Blue Jays, congrats. They won a game today. Good for them. They won two to one. What happened the last two games? They lost those two games to the A's. You kicked the A's dicks in. Okay. You you know, you're going to go through some valleys and peaks or whatever you want to call it throughout the entire year. You're just in one of those lower points right now. Um, I think what's interesting is a question I've been getting on Twitter a lot. And I... I'll hold this accountable, all three of us here. Mm -hmm. Are you starting to sit here? It is July 6th. And are you worrying that there has been a curse that is followed with 628? A bad Mm -hmm. amount of people brought like to tweet. Throwing my way today. And I I sat there. Wait, who who tweeted it? I, I can't. Let me look it up. I'll pull. Let me get my phone. A listener of the show, of course, not one of the clowns who just want to say don't say it about a thousand times. Um, but they were just like, are, are you starting to get a little bit worried? Or do you fear that 628 has thrown us off? Because obviously we have not won a series since. But we didn't say it, though. We didn't. But is the the anticipation, the build up to it that day, did that somehow ruin our energy? Hmm. Well, I would say that if it wasn't, if it were not for 628, there would have been no buildup and no energy, and you never would have had June. And that's what I, that would be my arguing point as well, where it's like, hey, when all this momentum came up, the players got behind it, the fans got behind it. Where Mm -hmm. the fuck was the energy before that? Right. Yeah, I would, I would argue that I think the, uh, it had more to do with the schedule and playing really good teams. And and that's I don't know I didn't know if maybe I was sitting there and I was not holding my son myself accountable or us in general, mm-hmm. um, but who knows? It might have been someone Steve sent over to try and mess with us mentally a little bit. Who tweet? Who tweeted? Let me let me dig here for a second. Yeah, I'll find it for you. Yeah, I don't know who tweeted it. You want handle and all? Yeah. Well, you're looking for that. It's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday this baseball season? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. I had a parlay going tonight, and the most scrutinized part of the parlay was the one that hit. I think I had like Red Sox money line, and uh, oh, I think I had four, four plus strikeouts for Bayo and a hit for Jackie Bradley Jr., and everyone was like, are you shitting me? You have fucking Jackie Bradley Jr. getting a hit? Like, he might not even be in the lineup, dude. Maybe take a look at the career numbers. Jackie Bradley Jr. hits really well, A, against righties, B, at Fenway Park, and C, against Corey Kluber. And he had a hit in his first 
fucking at bat. Don't question that shit. Right now, if your same game parlay doesn't hit, you can get a free bet back up to $10. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code JARED. New customers can make any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets. Uh, no matter what, that is promo code Jared, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who was it? So it was uh, at Rafi Zander. His name's also Tyler. I see him pop up. I see him around Twitter a lot on the Red Sox base. Okay. But th- this was the tweet. Uh, I, so I posted right after Bayo started to get hit around a little bit. Let the overreaction begin. And he goes, I'm not going to overreact about this because he's been robbed by the shift a bit. And you can see he's overly amped like Winkowski was. But I'm starting to think you guys created a curse with June 28th. We haven't won a series since. We were about to lose the top wild card spot too. And then we had another person respond. I think the reaction to June 28th is what did it. The reaction to it. Because we were, nobody said it, but the build up when we woke up that day. We were happy to be alive. We were happy to be alive. Much different than right now. Yeah, I'm not happy. I want to die. I'm not happy. <clears throat> Don't suspend me, happy, Twitter. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to the twins. Um, I was outside Fenway, and I met two. They don't look alike. Um, uh, it looks like Jamie and Emma. But they are 162 girls. What do you call that? Fraternal? Yeah. They, they don't look anything alike, but they're twins, and it was their birthday, and I met them outside of Fenway tonight, got to talk to them, and they, they're 162 girls. So we love that about them. So happy birthday. Happy birthday. <sighs> I'm not happy. Though. That didn't make that me feel happy. good. Yeah, no, I don't. Nothing about nothing about the last 48 hours makes me feel good. I think and there was a slight positive. Trevor Story? Couple homers from Trevor Story in the series? I don't even remember the second one. Oh, the opposite field one? Uh, that right? was the first one, right? Right center? Yeah, that was the first one. And then the second one was the golf was one. the game tire, yeah. Double yeah. today? A little life there? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. I'm sorry. This I, I don't know why I'm pretending right now. <laughs> I mean, he he got robbed of some ketchup. I feel like agreed, but mm-hmm. you know, me expecting that to bring you out of this mood is just... no, no. And it, I I think like if if the Red Sox were playing, uh, the Royals next, would I be this down? No. Like I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be a man here. I'm gonna tell you straight up. Losing these two games and the series to the Rays 
knowing that the Yankees are coming in here for four, <laughs> for four. That's what has me feeling like Eeyore right now. Like, I don't feel like, here's the thing. I do not feel like I'm walking into a slaughter. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I feel like. That's not what I think is going to happen. I'm down and feeling discouraged because I wanted to win that last one. That one, we're talking about one game here. I wanted to win the last one so they could take the series. So you can stop hearing about the AL East. What are you doing against the AL East? And you go into this four game set against the Yankees with a win against a good team. Like having everyone feel like just that one win. You win that one game tonight. And I think all of us are probably looking at the scope of this four game set against the Yankees differently. Like I, I think you you look at that. I, I don't know that like, like we would have been like, all right, they're, yeah, they're going to sweep. But. I think that it's like, all right, yeah, I mean, you know, the Red Sox are showing you that, that, yeah, they can, they can beat bad teams. They can beat mid teams and they can beat some good teams too. Like that, that raised team is a good team, but that's not the conversation we're having right now. We're having another conversation about the Red Sox losing another series to an American League East team. And then the Yankees proceeded to score 16 goddamn runs <laughs> before getting on a flight to Boston. That's how that's how the Yankees got ready for this series. That's how they warmed up for their road trip to Fenway Park. They put a fucking ass beating down on the Pittsburgh Pirates, who granted, not a stellar club, but I don't see the Red Sox hanging 16 on anybody. I, I look at the Pirates. They're kind of like the NL Orioles to me right now, where mm. they kind of just make life hell for you a little bit. Uh, it seems like they always kind of claw themselves back into games. They get some clutch wins here and there, some walk-off jacks. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you beat them 16 to nothing. That has to feel pretty good. Uh, they you know, definitely are pretty happy about that. Of course. Yeah. When you hit that many home runs, Aaron Judge, a huge grand slam. Uh, once again, flexing on the Yankees, who are going to wait till after the season to discuss his contract. Um, don't know why they're doing that. But Giancarlo Stanton getting it going, someone who hasn't been the hottest lately. It, I just, I'm not looking forward to this Yankee series. And I think the worst part is, and one of the reasons you're depressed, Jared, is it's four games against them, and then four games against the Rays, and then three against the Yankees. <laughs> like, it's just hell. It's hell. This is hell. Like, and it's just, I think we all hoped Garrett Whitlock was going to be back in the next couple days. I think, I believe, what's Forrest the fucking had, deal with that? Looks like he's going to need a couple rehab outings. That's it's like fine. that's fine. Fine, but if we're talking, he's going to pitch two innings. Course says he's going to need two days to rest. Mm-hmm. So are we talking four days while we wait for him? It's fine, you know, but it's not ideal. No, not ideal when you're short on arms. And Evaldi looks like All Star break. Like I'd probably throw him right in that ballpark. Did anyone at the time of Nathan Avaldi going down be like, fuck, we're going to be without Nate for a long time? Like, that was never the progress. Fuck no. He, they let him finish the inning. And, like, this is twice. I, I'm not, I don't want to kill the Red Sox medical staff. I don't want to kill Cora, but it's happened twice now where you've had a guy you said could stay out there. And then we find out two days later, he's going to miss a month, Rich Hill, two to four weeks, whatever. Nate Avaldi, he's been out a month now. Nathan Valdi last took them out on June 8th. It is July 6th. I would have guessed it was even longer. 
well, so the season has felt like it's completely changed since then. And, you know, they were still moving pretty well at that time, but they reached even higher heights. It's just why has there been multiple times a guy's been injured and it seems like they've further injured themselves while out there? I mean, that definitely happened with Nate. For sure. Of course. Uh, and, and we saw it. He battled his way in. And then Rich Hill, like, I, I don't know how significant it was, but the guy grabbed his knee coming down and then got, you know, ass handed to him and then came out of the game. Love Rich Hill. Love Nate Evaldi. I love the dog. Keep fighting to stay in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, usually someone needs to step in between during those moments. I can't even I can't even really blame Cora for that, because according to him, the conversation that he had with Nate when he went out there was, hey, like this is a this isn't about winning one game against the Angels. It's about doing the damn thing in October, too. Like he gave him that speech. He's like, nah, I'm good, Skip. Fucking I, a month later, still haven't seen him. Yeah, I just I look at Evaldi and I'm like, this guy's hitting 93, 94. Something's not right there. Yeah. You know, so, something's off. And if it was maybe a healthy guy throughout his career, someone who doesn't have injury history and, you know, no offense to Nate, but like he's costing himself money right now. He's been out a month, probably going to be another couple of weeks. All right. Well, now you've really had one season your entire career. It was last year. It was nice. You were healthy. You've kind of fallen right back in that same trap again. You sure have. It's not a good place to be. And uh, we'll have to uh, go into this four-game series. At some point, the Red Sox are going to have a healthy team. That's going to be great, but they haven't had it yet. Like, put it this way. It is July 6th. You're about to start a series against the Yankees, and you've yet to play a single game with your roster as intended. You haven't done it yet. I did make this point on Twitter, uh, I think yesterday or whatever. If I told you Nate Evaldi missed a month, Garrett Whitlock missed a month, Chris Sale missed half the year, Kike Hernandez missed a month, what would you have told me about the 2022 Red Sox? They were toast. Yep. Your season was over in you know July, June, whatever. They mm-hmm. would have never been able to hold on. You've built the depth where you've been able to stay afloat. And you're still afloat. You're still holding on to that second, you know, place in the AL East, second wild card right now. You're tied for it. Or first wild card, second place in the AL East. Um, you've gotten to this point and you've done it when there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't have. It's going to get harder from here. Your schedule gets harder. But I think you have the pieces coming. It's just, like I said, I don't think about, I don't look at the next really lead up to the all-star break as proving to everyone you are this powerhouse. You got to tread water. Just get by. This won't determine the season. I'd be surprised if the Guardians find a way to leapfrog you before the All-Star break. Just get healthy. That doesn't mean... Guardians just got swept by the Detroit Tigers. Exactly. They're four games back of the third wild card right now. So, like, you've created that breathing room. It feels like that class in the AL East, it's going to be the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays fighting for the wild card placements. As long as you can keep that, if you're in the third wild card by the time you hit the all-star break and you still got that breathing room between you and the Guardians, fine. Because if you're a healthy Red Sox team getting all these pieces back, I feel as good about this team as any team in the AL East outside the Yankees, and I don't fear the Yankees. You don't fear the Yankees? Fuck no, I don't fear the Yankees. Jake, do you fear the Yankees? They're not even that good, dude. (laughs) He's not wrong. He's honestly not wrong. Um, if you've looked at it, like how many, how many dudes in their lineup have an OPS over 800? I know Joey Gallo doesn't. 
Not as many as you'd think. I know Isaiah Connor Falefa doesn't. All right, here's the box score from tonight. DJ LeMayhew, 774. Stinks. Aaron Judge, all right, he's pretty good. 993 OPS. Face a baseball, some would say? No. Definitely not you. No. Marwin Gonzalez, 725. Fucking fraud. Matt Carpenter doesn't count. That dude is definitely on steroids, allegedly. Retired. Uh, Aaron Hicks, 659. Should be retired. Stanton, 840. Okay, we like Stanton. He's good. Glaber Torres, 807. Barely. Josh Donaldson, 700. Not quite there. Joey Gallo, 621. Stinks. Kiner Falefa, 650. Stinks. Higashioka, 551. Stinks. Like, you're looking at a lineup of Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, and I guess Glaber, and that's those are the damage guys. Like, like, look at this fucking team. Why are they? Why are they winning this many games by fifty runs? Like, that, it's a good team. It's a good team. I'm I not think, saying they're not good, but like, they are not like fuck your face for the whole 162 good. No, their rotation has really been, I think, the main part of that team. And, you know, not all of us are as fortunate to have all five of our starters not spend a damn day on the IL. That's it. That's it. They have not had, a, and I'm not wishing injury. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out, they have not had a bout with the injury bug whatsoever. The Red Sox, they have. That's baseball. I'm not complaining. I'm not making excuses. That's baseball. And honestly, that's, I don't want to say it's weird to word it this way and be like, oh, that's one of my favorite parts about baseball. Like injuries are not one of my favorite parts about baseball. But seeing a baseball executive that can construct a roster with enough depth to still be in a playoff spot when you've been decimated by injuries to some key players here, a lot of key players. And then also like the development of some storylines here where if, if Kike Hernandez, who was not having a good first half, doesn't go down for a month, do we have Jaron Duran up here hitting 320 with a fucking 900 OPS out of the leadoff spot? No, we don't because Kike's there. That's what he's doing. So, yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed that part of getting to, you know, we don't have Brian Bayo's Major League debut on a random Wednesday night in July, uh, if, if not for injury. So stuff like that. You don't, you don't have Josh Winkowski breaking out as a legit MLB starter. Yes. Yes. Shit like that. But when you look at the Yankees, they've had virtually no injuries, no major injuries. And their starters, some of them are pitching way above their heads. Like Nestor Cortez, I love him. He's not that good. He's not that you're you're not that guy, Nestor. Okay. Uh Tyon. Montgomery. Severino's legit. I fucking love Luis Severino. I'm sorry. I'm a Luis Severino guy. Uh I think he's fucking nasty and like it it pisses me off that he he he's been hurt for like a majority of his career because we were robbed of some some prime seasons that we could have seen him out there dominating. Like if you took Nestor's uh through June statistics and you slapped him on Luis Severino, you'd be like, that makes sense. Like, finally, we're getting to see Luis Severino, the guy that we've been promised this whole time. Like, Luis Severino is a fucking beast. When you look at Nestor, it's like, 
all right, yeah, like, I, you know, the arm angle, he's deceptive and he's changing tempo. Like, he, he's pitching. He's pitching. He's not dominant. Like, the numbers look dominant, but when you watch him pitch, you're like, all right, yeah, he's herky-jerky and he's, he's deceptive. Like, I get it. Like, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's fun. He's just, um, he's not an ace. Like, I think a lot of people and Yankees fans got on it. You know, Nestor Cortez, start the All-Star game, yada, yada, yada. 244 ERA, tip your cap. It fips like 330. So, yes, good starter. Is he an ace? No. Bring him down a notch. You know, you got to look at him. Luis Severino, yes. I still feel like Luis Severino isn't fully back. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. So, that is something to be worried about. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's just... They've had a lot of things. This is the kind of year for the Yankees we talked about. It's very 2018 Red Sox like mm-hmm. um, a little 2021 Red Sox where somehow you're avoiding injuries. And whenever things seem like they're slowing down or something happens, it spins your way and you go on another run. That's why I'm just wearing it. Like the That's whole it. thing with like the Yankees and shit this year. I'm like, hey, listen, I had my fun in 2018. Uh, you guys, it's, it's your turn. It's your turn. Like it's it's fun. Have your fun. We did it. Like as much as I would love to see you suffer and fail, <clears throat> um, after a while, it, it does. I don't want to say it gets boring, but it gets repetitive when you actually do suck. And I'm just, I feel like I'm just kicking you while you're down, and that's no fun. I don't want to actually be mean, but if they continue to win and climb this ladder. And then they happen to slip and fall off this ladder. I maybe might be there to pretend to catch them, but not do it. So. And when they slip off that ladder, I, I don't think it's going to happen in August or September. No, I, 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 I think it's going to happen in October. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And uh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun time. Um, it would be fun to do some streams for those games and, you know, we'll talk a little baseball, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here talking about October baseball because the Yankees are coming to town right now. They're probably, uh, they're probably getting on a plane right now headed to Boston. Um, Is this, if if you look at Yankees teams, we're talking past 04, you know, let's say 2007 on, is this the scary Yankees or the scariest Yankees regular season team? in terms of coming to play the Red Sox that you feared or looked at and said, this is stressing me out? Honestly, no. Like, Interesting. Yeah, like, I, 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 I don't know what the, the adjective is because I didn't fear the 2018 Yankees, but they concerned me. Even though the Red Sox were as great as they were, <clears throat> um, I want to say the Yankees played them pretty well at the beginning of that year. And I remember like tweeting something or thinking about tweeting something and be like, the Red Sox just can't beat the Yankees. Like they just can't beat them. <clears throat> um, we all know how the rest of that season went. And then the four game sweep at Fenway and uh, the playoffs, how that went. Even, even going into that series, I was like a little like, like, cause I don't think of it from like an analytical perspective. I don't think of it from a numbers perspective or just like a pitching matchup perspective. I think of it storyline wise, because in October, it, the numbers don't fucking matter. Like shit just happens in the playoffs. And you like once the series is over, you can't go back to your computer and be like, 
<clears throat> well, the numbers say that we should have won the series. I don't fuck your numbers. Like it's, it's small sample size. It's yeah, all small sample happen. size. And, and like that's what a lot of people. That's why you ask the Rays or you know a lot of these analytical front offices. They'll tell you get to the playoffs and then you know either you know the dial is going to swing your way or it's not. And hopefully it swings your way enough times and you become that team like the Atlanta Braves did last year that nobody thought was going to the World Series and you go there. Or sometimes it spins like you did to the 2018 Red Sox where the best team in baseball just kicks the shit out of everybody else. Yeah. Like I I had thought storyline wise in 2018, I was like, well, the Red Sox, uh, they had 2004 and like maybe it's time that I think that was their first matchup in the playoffs since 2004, right? It was 2018. Yep. I was like, what if 2004 was just the only time that this ever happens? And we just like, it's like, all right, remember like when we used to beat your ass in the playoffs all the time? Well, like now we're back. And so there was like the storyline was I could read it in my head and it just didn't happen that way. The Red Sox still fucked them up too uh, during the season and in the playoffs. And then again in the wild card game. So they didn't like, I wasn't even. In last year, when the Yankees came to town and just absolutely bodied the Red Sox at Fenway, I going into the wild card game didn't give a fuck. I was like, Fenway is going to be so loud. Garrett Cole is going to be pitching. He's going to get rattled. The Red Sox are going to win this game. Like I was super confident going into the wild card game, even coming off, you know, getting bodied by by the Yankees before that. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's almost just like if you have that mindset of cool, you guys won 116 regular season games. The Red Sox got into the playoffs with 90 wins. If they match up in the playoffs, throw away the records, throw away the head to head competition. Anything can happen. It it that's just how it works. Like obviously, you know. The Yankees are the better team. They're better than everybody. They're better than everybody. But anything can happen, especially when you get to the playoff. <clears throat> but do we want to do we want to look ahead here? Let's look ahead. Yeah, let's look ahead. Before we do that, though, I'd love to have a blue moon, especially after a long fucking day like today. Today was a long ass day. I feel like every day has been a long day for like the last two fucking weeks. You look sad. I don't want to say I'm burnt out because I'm not burnt out, but I'm definitely in need of like a day where I don't have to do anything. Like I need one day that I'm just not responsible for anything. No one's looking for me. I'm not looking for you. And it kind of sounds like a, a day that you'd, you'd indulge with, with a few blue moons. That sounds like a, the perfect day, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, like my idea of disconnecting and just having a day where I don't have to do anything, it sounds like a day where I, I have a, a bunch of blue moons responsibly. Baseball and beer, they go hand in hand. And you know that. Blue Moon is the perfect stadium companion with its bold flavor, bright explosion of color iconic orange slice ritual and authentic ballpark roots in fact blue moon was born in a ballpark first created at the sandlot brewery in denver colorado from the first pitch to extra innings a blue moon guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience every single time 
And after this long day, I think I've got a few blue moons upstairs. I've earned it. I've earned a blue moon to cap off this long ass day. That's that's a that's a great way to unwind too. Nice little blue moon. Probably put on some MLB Network. Catch up on the highlights that I missed while I was at the Red Sox game at Fenway Park. A little QP. Little little uh little QP action. Maybe a little LG red. Mm. My girl. She's great. Maybe she likes Blue Moon too. She's from she's from the Colorado area. She's um former uh Denver Broncos cheerleader, I believe. Maybe you guys sh- could share a blue moon together on that off day. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to have I'd love to have a blue moon with LG. And Sandra? Sandra's Sandra's going to the games this weekend. Why without you? No, no, no. Pat Pat's coming to Pat's gonna be here on Friday, but not early enough to be able to go to the game. So I think he's going on Saturday and Sunday. Uh oh, by the way, did I tell you did I tell you who I'm going to the game with on Saturday? You did not. Who do you who do you think I'm going to the game with on Saturday? Going to a baseball game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, not going to believe it. Is it a is it a person or is it it's a person. former for not a former player? Not a former player. No, no, not even close to a former player. You're not, not going with Steve, are you? I'm going with Steve. Wow. Well, how did this come about? Uh, so a Section Ten listener. This was from like 2020. Chris Cotillo did a charity fundraiser for um like the small businesses and someone paid a very generous amount of money to go to a game with me and steve and then two years later (laughs) here we are going to the game now if i recall the last time you and steve in person saw each other there was the uh the miscommunication outside of fenway correct that was the last time yeah where Steve thought you hated him? Correct. <laughs> and you let him know that you did not hate him. Correct. Yes. I was mad that I had to wait in the line and that I had to drink my venti Starbucks coffee in 33 seconds. Now, if you're sitting and watching this game with this nice fellow mm-hmm. um, and Steve starts talking about 628 and mocking it once oh, again. I'll choke him out. Yeah, I'll, put, I'll choke him out and put him in the fucking broom closet. Yeah. I think that's what the people need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'll probably uh, I'll probably be making like a bunch of content of Steve, not with Steve, but of Steve. Like I'll just, just zoom in on his big fucking head. Um Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'll probably do some things. Yeah. Will pa- will Pat be there for any of this or no? Well, Steve hates Pat in real life. Well, that's why I want <laughs> Pat there. I want Steve as miserable as he could possibly be. Yeah. So that's a good question. I would imagine that Pat didn't buy tickets because he thinks that I'll just get him in for free whenever he, he's here, which is he's probably not, true. He's not spending money on tickets. Let's be real. No, no, he's not. So if he's depending on me to get in, then that means that he's going to have to sit with me and Steve. That sounds like some content I would enjoy. Yeah. So does this mean, because we haven't seen Pat in a little bit, we are going to get a Pat episode at the end of the series. Yeah. Are you coming here on Sunday? Is that the plan or are we going to do it all, yeah. all in little, person? Let's yeah, do it. Power. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's Sunday night baseball, right? 
Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's going to be a fucking midnight start time, but I'm down. I'm down. Why not? Sunday night, It hopefully, we're in a better headspace than we are right now. Yeah. You know what would be cool, Jake, is if we did the podcast out on the deck, because we're going to have... If it's not windy, because if we're going to have, like, four of us, I don't know that we can fit everyone on this fucking table. Yeah, I think the deck's the move. Yeah. I'll throw some lights on, some vibe lights. Or maybe we do it in the living room. We can we can do it on the couch, I guess. Because, I mean, it's going to be late. So, I mean, if I'm fucking screaming, my neighbors are going to be like, shut up. I think they'll understand. Plus, you know what? It, I bet my neighbors are probably nosy and they would open their windows to get the podcast before it's on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, is it a rumor? But doesn't Brock Holt live next to you now? Yeah, he's uh, he's moving next door to me. That's what I thought. Yeah. I don't think he'd be bothered. Yeah, Brock would probably want to come on the podcast. He actually asked. He's like, when am I coming on the podcast? And I said, uh, you're <laughs> I said, you're suspended from this podcast because you went on Steve's podcast first. Of course. Simple. He didn't yeah. already know that. Yeah. So I said, you went on Steve's podcast first. So you're suspended from this one. Thank so, you. Thank you. I told him I told him that I'll lift the suspension as soon as we get the ability to actually have guests. That would be a nice added skill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a little nervous. I got I'm going to be meeting uh I've met you guys already, but Pete and Pat for the first time. And there's no chance Pete's coming. Wow. You're you're making that prediction right now? You think Pete is going to fucking come over at midnight on a Sunday? We like the fucking NHL playoffs are over. We still can't get him to come on a Zoom. Yeah, you know, I I don't know, Jake, maybe you can tell us. I know Jared's not going to have an answer for me. Uh is the NHL draft tonight? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows when that shit is. Uh but I heard someone bring it up at work. So I was like, "Oh, maybe Pete's doing that." But NHL draft the 2020 NHL draft Thursday. It's tomorrow. So it's tomorrow and Friday. So he has no excuse. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> if if I recall, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the episode. I wasn't here, but he declared himself back. Did he not? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. yeah Rough he, start. Uh, he came back for the Bash Steve episode and then he hasn't been here since. He's like, oh, we're talking baseball now. I'm out of here. Respect the priorities. Yeah. I mean, he he will not pass up an opportunity to bash Steve. So he, he made sure that he was there for that. And he hasn't been back since. And Pat, I don't remember the last time he was. We're never going to get that top five. <sighs> top five amendments. I want to see him sweat it out in person, though. So I'm excited for Sunday. Yeah, he's going to have to come correct with those amendments. I'm not letting him leave unless he gives us the top five amendments. Give them or jump. Right. That's it. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel with a subtle sweetness and hints of, what is this word? Coriander? coriander? What is that? C-O-R-I-N-D-E-R. What's that word? Coriander? Are you stupid? Cor- what is coriander? Jake, tell him. Jake, it's just him. that thing that makes Blue Moon taste so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. 
Blue Moon Belgian White is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. Do you get it? Break out your... Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind. Every fucking time. <laughs> that should be their that should be their motto. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind. Every fucking time. <laughs> one more time. I mean I <laughs> All right. Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind. Every fucking time. That makes you want to get a Blue Moon, honestly. Um, Get Blue Moon Belgian White delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to see your delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon. Made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Every fucking time. (laughs) I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Stop and Shop, look ahead. Stop and Shop, look ahead. Brought to you by Stop and Shop, of course. Um. This is, uh, this is, as you know, Tyler, a four-game series against the New York Yankees. Um, <sighs> all starters have been named, which is surprising. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, it feels like whether it's been the Red Sox or other teams, we haven't even had like more than one or two starters every single time we've been doing this. Well, we got all four for both teams. And as Jake said or declared, he doesn't fear these pitching matchups, correct? I love these matchups. Jake loves the matchups. So let's talk about it. Because in the opener, you have Josh Winkowski versus Garrett Cole. That's a 7-10 p.m. All these games are 7 o'clock, correct? There's no day games in this series? I hope not. I think it's all 7 7-10, 7-15, Fox, and then Sunday Night Baseball. Um, Josh Winkowski versus Garrett Cole, Michael Walker, the return of Michael Walker versus Nestor Cortez, Cutter Crawford, maybe that'd be Saturday versus Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> and then on Sunday, Sunday night baseball, Nick Pavetta versus Jamison Tyon. And before we get into this, I just want to say. It's a weekend. It's the summertime. I think Fenway is going to be loud as fuck. 
I think the energy at the ballpark these last couple nights has been lacking. Granted, there hasn't been a ton to to cheer about. But that being said, all the points that I made earlier about how I wish they won tonight, so they had the series win, and they were going into the series against the Yankees with a win, and then talking about how everything changes in the playoffs and it's different, yada, 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 your record doesn't matter. I think that this series can have that effect on the Red Sox. I think that it's a weekend. The energy can be super high because of the fans. And I think that the players, they know what the Yankees have done all year. Like they're good. They know that they have to elevate their game to not get in bed. Never mind win a game to not get embarrassed. They saw what they did to the Pirates tonight. I'm sure they're all well aware of that now. They've seen what the Yankees have done all year. So I think that throw out the records or whatever, I think it's going to be a good series. I think that you're going to see a different energy at the ballpark, and I think that you're going to see a different Red Sox team in this series. That being said. I don't think that's crazy, and I think you look at it, I think number one, getting off to a hot start against Garrett Cole is huge. Let Josh Winkowski have some room. This is by far the best lineup he's faced since coming up to the big leagues. Uh, we know that's been the one knock, the competition he's faced. Uh, but on top of that, John Schreiber has gotten a couple days to breathe. Tanner Houck has gotten a couple days to breathe. You should have your you know top-of-the-line bullpen options rested coming into this series. So starting game one, starting tomorrow night, Rafael Devers should be back in the lineup. You should be full go. As close to full go as you can be right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for a Red Sox team where nobody or a lot of people just have kind of not really respected you or cared to look at you because, hey, look at what the Yankees are doing. You know, nobody wants to give you that credit and they'll just kind of throw it in your face every single time. Look at what the Yankees are doing. If you're the Red Sox and you go in and take three out of four here, what's that conversation look like? Probably talking about a team that you didn't believe could do that. I think there would be a lot of surprised folks. And I think that would be the first crack in the Yankees armor as we go and start talking about the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Remember that series Mm -hmm. in July, that Mm -hmm. weekend series where Mm -hmm. the Red Sox went in and they kind of punched the Yankees in the mouth Mm -hmm. where Garrett Cole started the series opener and he got taken deep three times. Shit the bed. Again? Once this again, could be like a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha series. What's that mean? Brady Bunch? Oh, you guys are young. I'm not old. I mean, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't alive during the Brady Bunch, but it was like the the daughters, the middle one always got jealous of the older one and her name was Marsha. And then like it was kind of like a, a running recurring bit. We should be like, all you guys talk about is Marsha, 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 Marsha. And I think in this series, the Red Sox would be like, listen, we're fucking tired of hearing about how good the Yankees are. Like, stop talking about the Yankees. Why don't you talk about us? Then they take three out of four, pop them in the mouth. And then it all builds out to Chris Sale coming back to start next week. Yeah. Potentially. Possibly. I like that timeline. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <sighs> so. Garrett Cole, 7-2, 2.99 ERA with a 101 whip and an 11.3 strikeouts per nine. 
Uh, Cole has his lowest strikeouts per nine since his Pittsburgh days. AKA before Houston taught him how to cheat. Hmm. Prior to the sticky stuff. Mm -hmm. His walks per nine is two and a half, his highest since 2018. Um, he has not been very good by his standards. Yeah. So this is, uh, what is this on the road? Eight starts, 380 ERA, 120 whip. He's given up eight of his 14 home runs on the road. Same number of starts, but in eight uh, less innings pitched. Uh, his run support has been off the charts. Five games of 10 plus runs. And averages of 5.7 runs per game. Uh, Garrett Cole has only two starts all year, allowing more than three earned runs. Five against Baltimore and seven against the Twins. That was the game where they gave up the back to back to back home runs. Um, walks have been an issue recently 11 walks in his last five outings, and three in two of his last three starts. Um, yeah, he gave up five home runs in that fucking game. Holy shit. His first start of the season was against the Red Sox. Only lasted four rings, four hits, three run runs, three strikeouts, a homer, and he hit somebody. And, uh, he also had a temper tantrum before the game started. Oh, yeah, because of Billy Crystal. Um, the cutter expected slug of 557. Uh, his four seam has allowed seven home runs already this year. Mm, the Yankees are 12 and four when he starts and one and one over his last two. Garrett Cole sucked against the Red Sox in 2021. Four starts, a 491 ERA, a one and a half whip. The strikeouts per nine was still nice. 12.7 gave up five bombs in 22 innings with nine walks. Um, Julio, seven for twenty-seven, couple homers, nine fifty, nine seventy-five OPS. Devers, five for twenty-one, five four of those hits are home runs. Verdugo, five for sixteen, two doubles and a homer. Nestor Cortez, seven and three, a two forty-four ERA, an O ninety-five WHIP, and a nine point six strikeouts per nine. Uh, after his first start in June, Nestor Cortez had a 150 ERA. It's now up to 244. He's allowed uh, at least three earned runs in three of his last five starts. He's also allowed seven of his 11 home runs in that span. His FIP has jumped up a run in these five starts from 247 to 336. So it's almost like it was unsustainable. His slider fucking sucks. 316 batting average against and a 579 slug. Uh, his four seam, 91.3 miles an hour. <clears throat> the Yankees are 11 and four when he starts, but just three and two over his last five. Uh, Devers, two for six. Those two hits are both home runs. <laughs> uh, Jackie Bradley and Pulecki also have a home run against him. Jordan Montgomery. He's been solid this year, but his last three starts, he fucking sucks. 17 and two thirds innings, 18 hits, 10 earned runs, six walks, three homers, a 509 ERA, and a 470 FIP. 
So his uh, best pitch is his curveball. 114 batting average against. Um, the Yankees are only 9-7 and seven when he starts. And they lost his last time out. He faced the Red Sox earlier this year. Only lasted three and a third fucking innings. That was the uh, Jake Diekman game, was it not? <sighs> the Jake Diekman game. Don't give two shits. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if I'm a closer or not. I need that Jake Diekman back. Yep. Xander Bogarts, 13 for 28, couple dubs. Christian Vasquez, 6 for 18, two bombs. Christian Arroyo, 3 for 7, two bombs. Got to get Arroyo in there. Damn. Um, Jamison Tyon, 9 and 2, 363 ERA, a 115 whip, and a 7.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, Okay, 37 innings pitched in 2019, zero innings pitched in 2020, and then 144 innings last year and already 89 and a third this year. So, are we talking a little fatigue? Maybe a little fatigue for Jameson? 14 earned runs over his last three starts. Most in a three-start span all of last year. Uh, His last three starts, 16. Innings pitched, 23 hits, 14 earned runs, 14 strikeouts, four bombs, a 788 ERA, and a 537 FIP. The opponents, the Astros, okay, fine. The Oakland A's, one of the literal worst hitting, if not the worst hitting team in baseball, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not going to make the playoffs this year. Not a good team. Um... So he's how has he been winning? Oh, because of the run support. They average 5.82 runs per game with Tyon on the mound. Uh, he had a 4.59 ERA in June. His fastball fucking sucks. 94, a 3.08 batting average against, a 5.42 slug, uh, 3.78 weighted on base average. And a 93 average exit velocity. Jesus. He's getting fucking crushed on the heater. His curveball's good. His curveball's good. Just uh, just spit on that and wait for that cheddar cheese. The Yankees. The Yankees are 13-3 and three when he starts. Somehow. Some way. It's that run support, baby. Uh, what do we got here? We got fucking Julio two for five with a double Bogarts three for 12 with three doubles. Plowecki three for eight with a couple dubs. Um, all right. That's, that's what it do. That's what it is. So let me run through that one more time. Josh Winkowski versus Garrett Cole, Michael Walker versus Nestor Cortez, Connor Crawford versus Jordan Montgomery and Nick Pavetta. Versus Jamison Tyon. I'm trying to think here. Man, I kind of like a sweep. <laughs> I, I, I listen, I'm not going to lie. Jake said he loved the pitching matchups. I don't hate him. I don't hate him I don't either. hate these matchups at all. I, I'm not looking at any of these and I'm like, you're fucked. That, you know, Cutter Crawford versus Jordan Montgomery. Okay. But like, I, I don't no, feel you horrendous that about that. You win that game. You win that game. Nick Pavetta versus Tyon Sun- you win Sunday Night too. Baseball. Let's fucking go. Yeah, you win that game. And if you're telling me I think Josh Winkowski could go out and have a good start and Garrett Cole pisses down his leg again, would I be shocked? No. Yeah, that's already three out of four. And then I think that Nestor Cortez 
comes crashing back down to earth here. And it's called regression. The return of Michael Walker. Hmm. He's fresh. That's hey, I'm with you, Jake. I'm joining you. <laughs> I'm joining you, Jake. All right, Jake. As as you were, uh, the floor is yours. Prediction time. Go. I mean, if I'm the Yankees and I'm getting on this plane tonight, <laughs> I'm thinking we got Winkowski tomorrow night. Did you see that guy against the Cubs on Saturday? Like, we're fucked. Did you see Cutter Crawford out of the pen the other night? Like, mm-hmm. no chance we're hitting that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you got Pavetta. I couldn't <laughs> think of a better guy for Sunday Night Baseball than Pavetta. Oh. After a bad outing, like, he, he's going to be up for that one. And, and he's then, just like, he's fucking pissed at everyone right now. Oh, I, I yeah. hope the Yankees get fucking mad, too. Let's add them to the list. The Rays and the Blue Jays want a bitch. Let's throw the Yankees in there. Yeah, so I, I think the Yankees, I think even the Yankees know they're going to get swept. <laughs> so I got a sweep. Okay. Um, Tyler, what do you got for this series? I'm not that bold. Okay. I think Let's we're going to have some ups and downs the next couple of days. I think there'll be good times. I think there'll be bad times. I'm going for a split. You tread mm-hmm. water. You get through the series. And uh, we're moving forward to sale day. And uh, we're very positive. So you don't have the fucking balls to just say that the Red Sox are going to sweep this series. My scrotum is lacking capacity. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it this way. I want to say sweep. I want to say sweep, but I'm not going to because I will allow for someone in this bullpen to fuck up one game. Someone in this bullpen is going to fuck up a game. Who? Say the name. Deakman. Wow. After you tried to protect him earlier in this podcast, you fuck. I mean, it's all their like the big boppers are all righties like Stanton judge. That's really it. Like, I'm not worried about DJ LeMahieu. Uh, I'm not worried about Glaber Torres. I'm not worried about Josh Donaldson. Um, yeah, I I think on you know what? Maybe it's Strom. Strom's been shit for like about a month now. I, like I could see Stanton just hitting the fucking dog shit out of a Matt Strom 95 mile an hour heater. Like Strom's trying to come in on the hands and he just leaves it middle middle and stands just like pa-pa. I can see that. Just like a home run that even Red Sox fans are like, whoa, dude, <laughs> like chill out. Like something like that. I think Stan's going to hit the fucking piss out of a, out of a lefty relievers fastball that missed a spot. That's coming. So just if he plays four games at Fenway, like maybe I'll look at the DraftKings Sportsbook and see if I can take the over on two and a half home runs. Stan's the only baseball player that's ever brought me down to my knees before. To your knees. When he hit that grand slam last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I dropped. I, I couldn't even stand up. So that will be the first uh, PTSD memory playing in my head this weekend. I think it's funny. You laughed when that happened? Yeah. You're a sick fuck. Yeah. Like when it's when you know that it's over, like I think real recognize real. And you're just like, man, like that ball is fucking destroyed. Like, you kind of like you. You just got to tip your cap. You got to tip your cap. Also because I knew that they were just going to end up playing the wild card. Like, 
I said that on section 10, like in July or whatever it was. And Coley got mad because I was like, listen, I was like, they Red Sox might not have what it takes to win the World Series this year. But wouldn't a nice consolation prize be playing the Yankees at Fenway in the wild card game and ending their season? And that's pretty much exactly what happened. You spoke it into existence. Yeah. I think it's it's that is what I was talking about earlier. Like you can just see the storyline. Like, all right, Garrett Cole, sticky stuff, gets knocked around at Fenway. Like, wouldn't that be way cooler if that was the wild card game and you ended their season? And that's what happened. Schwarber, Bogarts, thanks for coming out. Go fuck yourself. If you have any more of these uh things you'd like to speak into the future, don't be uh shy around here. What, like uh Brian Bayo's major league debut? Yeah, that could work. You've spoken mm-hmm. that into existence well before many people. Yeah. You, you have anything else? You got any other uh, dreams you've been having? No. You're going to get some sleep tonight. I'm going to get some sleep tonight. I'm going to throw a lip in. It's 12.35 a.m. I need like a... I need, I'm, I'm going to have a blue moon. I'm going to throw a lip in and see what podcasts are on YouTube that I'm going to watch. I'm just going to... Do you have any recommendations? Podcasts? Yeah. No. Jake, what do you have? I might get into some Stranger Things. Ooh. We said podcasts. Yeah, he's going to... Well, I mean, he's going to... I know what Jake's going to do. Jake's going to watch Stranger Things and he's going to fucking crack open a Gosling's Dark and Stormy. Aren't you, Jake? A couple of them, actually. Yeah. Jake loves the Dark and Stormy. That's like his like signature drink now. Can I say when I was on vacation, my yeah. mom and sister exclusively drank those. Like, did they have dark and stormies in a can or did they have in the can in the can can Went cocktail all the way, brought them to the beach every single day. They were floating. So you basically like you brought Bermuda to you. That's what I do. Yeah. You have Bermudian vibes to you. Some people have told me that. Yeah, I could see it. I'm surprised I didn't say it sooner. I look well traveled. You do. You do. Because actually, the, the Gosling's Dark and Stormy is one of the most popular cocktails on the planet. Did you know that? I had no clue. Yeah. The delicious combo of smooth Gosling's Black Seal Rum and spicy Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer cannot be beat for a summertime cocktail. Apparently, Tyler's family will tell you the same thing. So if you want one, like Tyler's family or like Jake after this podcast is over, all you got to do, here's the, here's the deal. You visit goslingsrum.com to get Gosling's products delivered right to your motherfucking doorstep. <laughs> and get $15 off your order of Gosling's rum, ginger beer, or dark and stormy cans. Using the promo code DRAFTKINGS. That's one word, DRAFTKINGS. 21 and over only please drink responsibly i gotta i gotta find at fenway where they've got these dark and stormies in a can because i'm gonna be at fenway all weekend another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <clears throat> I was there tonight. I'm going tomorrow. I'm going Friday. I'm going Saturday with fucking Steve. And I'm going on Sunday. Uh, so I'll be there. So if I'm going to be, if, if this series is going to be as, uh, you know, edge of your seat type shit, then I'm going to need some dark and stormies in a can to, to kind of navigate the waters. So that's all I got. Oh, one last thing. Uh, the Eduardo Rodriguez story today. You didn't have a dream about that. I didn't have a dream about it. But I, I, don't, I don't even know what I want to say about it other than like, here's because people were asking me, like, do you have like the inside scoop on this? I'm like, first of all, if I did, I don't know that I would say it on a podcast because like it seems like something in Eddie's personal life is not going the way that he wants it to. And, and that's not you for people who want to know. That's not you reading into that. That was a John Heyman thing that came out that seems to be what's going around. Yeah, yeah. Some, what about his marriage or something? Yeah, like I don't want people to think you're just taking dumb guesses or whatever it may be. That's, yeah. what the, that's what's been pushed. Yeah, so that, yeah, I think Heyman put out the, the thing about the, the marriage. I noticed that they're not following each other anymore on Instagram. Um, but the story that came out today was that the, the Tigers have not heard from Eddie in three weeks. So that's when I, I mean, like, I had a great relationship with Eddie the whole time that he was in Boston. Um, like, we probably became friends around, like, 2015 or 16. Like, he was a couple of years into the league. Uh, and he was always, like, super cool to me. Like, like my, my favorite Eddie story, uh, when in 2020, when Mike Brasso hit that home run off of Roldis Chapman. He, uh, my phone starts ringing and it's a FaceTime from Eduardo Rodriguez. And I answer it and he was like, I just wanted to see your face after that. (laughs) So like, I mean, Eddie is someone that uh, I care about as a human being. Um, I don't have any information about what's going on. the last time I talked to him was the morning of the, his start against the Red Sox back in April. So, like, he's never, he's never not answered me. Um, like, the day after the Red Sox got eliminated by the Astros, he hit me up and he was like, you know, like, I don't know what my future holds, but I just want to say, like, thanks for always being good to me, blah, 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 blah. Like, to go out of your way to do something like that, like, yeah, like, there's, like, a special bond there. And then I didn't even hit him up because I, I will not I will not text starters on their start day. Like, I will not reach out to you if I know that you're taking the bump that day. The day that he started against the Red Sox in Detroit, he texted me and he was like, He's like, love you, bro. Like, take it easy on me on Twitter today. 
And like, you know, like just being lighthearted, knowing that like he knows like what it is that I do and whatever. So, yeah, I mean, like when I saw uh, when I originally saw the story that uh, that he was on like the restricted list, um, I just like reached out and I was like, are you OK? Didn't hear back. And then today when I saw uh, the story about like. You know, the Tigers haven't heard from him in three weeks. I reached out again and I was like, hey, man, like, listen, like, I don't need to know what the fuck is going on. I just want you to know, like, I care about you. And if you need someone to talk to, I'm here and I hope everything's good. And like, I still haven't heard back, but it's a weird, it's a weird story. Like, I can't, you know, first year, obviously going to a new organization on top of it. Um, you know, we saw the press conference and everything when he went over there with his family and all those things, uh, you know, family, those things take over, you know, baseball anytime. But if you're talking about probably the worst time it could have happened for somebody, you know, he's put himself in, you know, a tough hole, you know, with that fan base and with that, even the organization seems a little frustrated, but, uh, I don't know. It just very weird. I think that's the only way to kind of frame it. Yeah. And I mean, now that, uh, you know, the Tigers were essentially asked after they kind of put out this like statement like yeah we haven't heard from him in three weeks and i think one of the reporters was like are, are you now in a position to where you can void this contract and they wouldn't even they're like yeah like i don't know if we're going to talk about that when are that you ever like, yeah we're, we're exploring our options you know you're never in a situation like that and when the guy won't tell you what it is you know it's one thing if you're like hey i'm away from the team you're not contacting them at all like Correct. That's, you know, that's a lot of regular people can't relate to that because if you told your job, hey, like I got to go for the next couple months or a couple weeks, you're not going to hear from me. They tell you to fuck off. Right. Different situation. Baseball guaranteed contracts. But uh, I don't know. Weird. Very a little nervous, you know, for a guy in Eddie who I think a lot of us have a good connection to. Yeah. Like, you know, I I think I, 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 I don't know the story. I'm just on the surface looking at it that way. I think uh, something must have happened at the end in Boston uh, with like the whole like tapping the watch thing. And I know Cora like was yelling at him like uh, from the dugout. And then like after the game, I'm sure that there was like more of that shit. And I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing that. Like I think, <clears throat> to my knowledge, I think Alex and the, like the, the players, I think said, "Hey, like if we're gonna if we're gonna mock Carlos Correa, we're gonna wait until after the series." Like we're gonna, and I it sounded like Eddie may have disobeyed that team rule that like we're trust me, we're gonna we're gonna fucking rub it in their faces, but we're gonna win the thing first. Um, so I don't know if like some feelings got hurt at the end because he signed with the Tigers so quickly that it was almost like, "Hey, here's my number." And like, I don't, I don't know if there was a chance to match. I don't know if there were any conversations between him and the Red Sox, but it just, it felt like a quick, weird ending to his Red Sox tenure. And then, I mean, how many starts did he make before he just kind of ghosted the team? Like imagine ghosting a team that gave you like $77 million. That's crazy. And the crazier part is he was coming off the IL. It was right after his final rehab start, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like he had already missed time. He had, you know, been hurt or whatever it was. And then right before he's supposed to come back to the big leagues and we know where the Tigers have been, where they were at that point, where they were so desperate for help. 
And obviously, you know, he said, I got to go handle some shit in my personal life. Um, I don't know. I, and we saw when the Red Sox went to him, it didn't seem like anyone stayed away from Eddie. Like Cora went, had nothing but nice things to say. Xander over to him and talking to him. Um, I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of details in that story that we'll find out in the coming years. Um, but Eddie never seemed like, you know, if anything, when he was here, it felt like all he wanted to do was be on the field and, you know, injuries and shit that he couldn't control always stopped him. Correct. Now it's kind of, you know, opposite where he seems healthy, but for whatever reason, he can't be out there. Um, but anyways, all that to say, I hope he's good wherever he's at. I hope his family's good. <clears throat> um, I, like, yes, like I was concerned about him. Uh, still am. So hopefully there's some sort of resolution there. Because when, when, you know, you're a major league baseball player, someone that he, like he cares, he cares a lot about his job and his, his, his position. And like, if you're just like at a point where like, I don't give a fuck about my contract, about my teammates, about anything, like I'm fucking out of here and I'm not, I'm not even going to answer you guys. It sounds like something's like really wrong. So I hope that that's not the case. Hope everything is resolved. Um, but I just saw this video. Uh, Chris Sale destroyed the fucking Woo Sox clubhouse. <laughs> so there's a video of it now. So oh, yeah. Spears Column said all they heard when he went into the dugout was screaming and anger. Uh the video um who has it? I just tweeted it. Let me see this. <laughs> Oh, uh, my God. All right. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, okay. Now, for people who are listening to this and haven't seen it, whatever you think it is, it is worse than what you think. This is full maniac behavior, and I yeah. love every second of it. He is. <laughs> this poor ballpark just got built. Yeah, well, fuck it. Build a new one. <laughs> Chris Hill don't give a fuck. I love how he just walks down the hallway afterwards as well, just acting like nothing happened at all. Imagine, imagine, like, how would you explain, like, if he, if he hurt, if he got hurt doing this? This feels like, you know, obviously we know the cutting up of the jerseys and whatever. This feels like the most public, crazy side of Chris Sale we've seen in some time. Maybe the Dude, most crazy side in Boston. I love this. And then the the fact that he just like walked out so calm after he destroyed all this shit. Uh, that's what I love about him. Just fucking. What is that? He ripped something off the wall. Like there's already by the time the clip starts. There's bats all over the floor. Something is is all over the floor. It looks like something is destroyed on the floor already. And then he's trying to rip something off the wall. <laughs> and then he kicks it when he can't rip it off the wall. I love it. I, and that's a guy who went out. He walked five down in AAA. 
You want to know how much this game means to those people who want to say, oh, Chris Sale got his money, taking his time, he's injured, whatever. This look like a guy who's comfortable and doesn't give a fuck? Or does this look like someone who's pissed he might have to make another rehab start in Worcester? I wouldn't you- want to be Alex Cora right now when you have to have this conversation with Chris Sale. What conversation? Hey, Chris, it might be better if we give you one more start down there. Get your mechanics in order. Let's get, listen, we can get by another round of the rotation. Chris Sale is just going to send this video. You going to pay for this? I mean, it, by the way, Yankee fans are fucking obsessed with me. All the replies are Yankee fans. Do you guys not have jobs? Go to bed. They're, like, there are no, like, it, these are all, all Yankee fans in the replies. And they're trying to make this into a negative. I love this video. I love it. Like, don't you want, don't you want a guy that cares this much? It's a rehab start. It's a rehab start, but he wants to be perfect. He's a perfectionist. And you have to understand, Chris Sale got paid a fuck ton of money to sit on his ass for the last two years. And that eats him alive. Chris Sale wants to take the ball. He's not one of those guys that's like, oh man, finally a fucking vacation. I can just sit back and relax. Well, Chris Sale was sitting on the sidelines. He was probably manifesting his return to strike out everyone in the World Series again. He's that, he's fucking insane, but he's a gamer. Like this dude was just waiting for the okay to get back on a mound so he can go through his rehab starts so that he can make it back to the big leagues. And maybe, maybe that's what this is about. Like, maybe he's like, fuck, like, I, like, I want to make this start so that I can move up and make this start. And then when I make this start, then I can make that one. And then when I make that one, I know that I'll be in the big leagues. But if he walks five guys, it's like, fuck, maybe I'm stuck down here again when, like, I know that my teammates, like, he is, like, I, I was on the phone with uh, Brian Johnson today talking to him. And, like, that, the conversation skewed towards Chris Sale. And he's like, one of the best teammates I've ever had. Like, he's the best. One of the best teammates I've ever had. Like he wants to make everyone around him better. Like he wants to go out there and be a perfectionist. But then he also, in in addition to being a superstar, he wants to make everyone around him better too. So it probably ate Chris Sale alive that he was making the money that he was making, but he was not contributing to the Red Sox organization. So that's that's what that frustration is, ripping the shit off the wall. Because all these people, the Yankee fans in my replies, they're looking at that being like, grow up. You're immature. Oh my like, god. You like oh. you're you're like you're a fucking like you're an actual psychopath. Like seek therapy or whatever. It's like Garrett no, no, no. Cole sobs when he has to wait two minutes to throw a warm-up pitch. Shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. What is that? Like, Chris Sale, what did he tell you in spring training? This guy lost his identity when he couldn't go and pitch on a mound. He was like, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. I forgot I was a baseball player. I forgot I was a pitcher. Yeah. Like, this baseball is him. He said nothing in my life, and he has no problem admitting it, gives him that same energy and that same feel as when he's on the mound. That looks like a guy who says, or who's been craving and begging to be on that mound since, you know, that last playoff game against Houston. That's all he's thought about is getting back, you know, at full strength, like we're saying. The stuff is way farther along than it was last year when he was pitching. Yep. This is it. And this is why I'm telling you, if you're with these other teams in the AL East and you know he's coming like that, that Nate Evaldi's a couple steps away, that Garrett Whitlock's a couple steps away, James Paxson, I'll see you in August. 
be scared. Be very scared. If he's doing that in a fucking triple A rehab assignment, what is he going to do? I want the entire team to watch this video tomorrow. Watch this shit. And that was against the Yankees AAA affiliate today, I believe, as well. Yeah. Watch this shit before the game. Before you got to go play the Yankees. And no, this is what you're going to have to deal with. You better win some damn games. Or else when he shows up to pitch on Monday, who knows what could happen. Mm. Jake, I feel what's, ba- what's your reaction to this video? Absolutely fucking love it. I think he actually <laughs> told them to hang some stuff up before the game started in case he wanted to just rip it apart. Is this what your sources have, Jake? I mean, I, it looks like that's the case, yeah. Yeah, Jake, I mean, the, Chris Sale is just like, hey, go hang some shit up so I can rip it down later. <laughs> uh. But the, the thing about Chris Sale... He's such a class act that he he probably after doing this, he probably like paid for a cleaning service to go in and then he probably paid for all new equipment in the clubhouse and like, got them the best spread possible for food that night. Yeah. Like, like I'm not even like that, that's not even like a joke. Like I, I'm I almost can guarantee you that's what he did. He was probably like, hey, uh, here's X amount of dollars. Someone go in there and, and put like fucking TVs and whatever the fuck they need in, in that clubhouse. You guys got it on me. I just <laughs> destroyed your clubhouse here. And he did the post game in completely normal. Like he was just like, yeah, you know, I need to be better. Whatever. <laughs> da, 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 da. This is what just happened five minutes before that. Yeah. That's how... That's how you know he's just an absolute raging lunatic. I feel better. This video made me feel a little better. I I legitimately am am giddy watching that video because of his Wow. It's the biggest smile th- I've seen on your face. Mentally, I didn't think we were gonna get here. By the end of this podcast, we're here. We're there. Who recorded this video? A very brave woman who works for, I believe, ABC News. Uh, I want to get her name because she she risked her life to get this video. Is it uh, Alicia Palombo? Yes. NBC 10 Boston. Yes. She risked her life. Wow. People... You scroll down here. There is some uh, crybaby comments on my video. No, I'm I'm looking at her post right now. Uh, Sad to see grown men throwing temper tantrums over a game performance. Wow, this is what a role model for kids looks like. No wonder they're. Oh my god, I'm not even gonna finish that tweet. This listen. Some people don't understand the intensity. I mean, all of these fucking replies. Are, are negative all, all the republic they're all yankee fans they're probably fucking absolutely terrified to see this if it was garrett cole doing this or whatever they'd be releasing lots of fluids to those videos yeah garrett cole can't fucking break a uh anything for pete's sake yeah all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go touch myself to this video 
Wrap it up. Um, Jake's takes. Any final thoughts? Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend at Fenway. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. You're going to be there on Friday? Yeah, Friday at least. At least. Um, Tyler, are you going to any of the games? At the moment, no, but Sunday might uh, change the conversation. Ooh. If we're going to be recording a pod at your place, I might uh, have to recalculate. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe go to the game. Come on over for the pod. Meet Patrick. Yeah. Have a night. Treat treat your damn self, Tyler. Thank you. Treat your damn self. You work too hard to not enjoy these games. I hope to have a reason to enjoy them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you to the listeners for uh, listening to this podcast. And uh, we'll see you on Monday morning after a late Sunday night recording here at Section 10 Studios. It's just a section. It's just a section at Fenway. I can name the studio whatever I want. Nobody can control that. Yeah, it's where I sit at Fenway. That's where I sit. I've sat there since 1998. Can you say the name one more time for me? Section 10 Studios. Just feels right. Boston, Massachusetts. The Fenway area. Where that famous section sits just a mere 900 feet away. Here at Section 10 Studios. We'll see you Monday morning. Go Sox. Buenas noches, amigos. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood.